morning and welcome to the Business Leadership Live. It is Friday, the 22nd of June, 2018. I'm your host, Edwin Frenzoso, and thank you for tuning in. And if you are new to the show, welcome. So happy to have you. This is the Business Leadership Live. It's a live call-in show. It's a new live call-in show where, where I chat with business leaders, subject matter experts, and, and frankly, just just some interesting folks and thought leaders. Uh, we're going to talk about innovation, current events, or, or typically best practices that can help you personally or professionally grow. Today, I am super excited to introduce introduce my guest, who is my friend, a fellow podcaster, Colin Weston. He is the founder of the Mod Golf Podcast, and today we're gonna we're gonna discuss some fun things. We're gonna d- discuss sports innovation. So, welcome to the show, Colin. Thank you for joining me today. Colin, are you there? I don't know where he went. I'm going to try to dial him back in, I guess. Let's try this. This is really odd. So I'm going to just try to dial him back in. Never happened to me like this before. Okay. Hey, Colin, are you there? I am. Good morning. Oh, my God. That was a really hiccup, and I was, like, talking to myself for a bit. Uh, I, I thought I was uh, – <laughs> someone's clapping for us for for saving the day, so that was good. <laughs> but, Colin, I just finished introducing you, so I, so I was really excited. I said you're part of the Mod you know, mod Golf podcast, and we're going to talk, talk about sports innovation. So, again, thank you for joining us today. Edwin, it's my pleasure, my friend. Hopefully you said some nice things about me there, because I didn't have a chance to hear that. So hopefully you, uh, you, you, you did me justice. Well, the good news is you could actually replay this, and if anyone uh, wants to join in and, and really replay what I said, I'd be happy to. Like Again, for those who are listening live, this is a live call-in show. All you, could, you could text us a, a question, or you could join in live if there's something interesting that you want to say. We'd love to have you. But uh, let's just jump in, Colin. Wanna, I'm really interested. Of, well, you know, I've known each other for a while now, but can you start off, start off by briefing? Tell us a bit about yourself and what is the Blue Ocean strategy? Sure, I would happen to, happy to. So I'm an entrepreneur in Vancouver, uh, where with our company, Reviver Sport Entertainment, we focus on sport innovation. So as entrepreneurs, we see the opportunity and the pain points in 
across the sports spectrum, but focusing primarily on golf and surfing and esports right now. And mm-hmm. of course, we're going to be talking about golf innovation, which some people may think is an oxymoron, but I'm going to tell them today that in fact it is not in this $84 billion a year industry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really excited to learn more. So, so why did you get into into this golf innovation and or even you know launching the mod 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 pop golf podcast? Sorry, I'm like getting really slippery with my 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 lips. <laughs> there we go, no problem. Well, my background is as an architect in sport architecture, as is my business partner and friend. And for us, so we worked at that Olympic game and Pan Am game level, Pan Am games in Toronto a couple of years back. So that's our world, both designing stadiums and also sport experiences, the kind of UX for sporting events, if you will. So for us, it was a natural progression about five years ago. Both of us love golf. We're both pretty mediocre at it, but we love it. But we're action sport guys, too. Uh, so without giving the big, uh, the big pitch journey here, we just love those things. And we saw opportunities and pain points, especially in the golf industry, being on the decline. The basic pain point being that Millennials, younger people were not picking up the game for all the issues that golf has of being too expensive, too time-consuming, doesn't align with contemporary lifestyles or being social, uh, and, and really hard to learn. So that's where we came up with a response that we're not going to get into right now of five years ago, of our response to that of creating something that's more Red Bull action sport meets Coachella Music Festival, drop it in the middle of the city and have a party while there's an elite level golf event going on. So taking the best elements of other other sports and other entertainment experiences, which really is, as a segue, a blue ocean strategy, which I'm more than happy to explain what that is now if you'd like. Yeah, well, I think that was my next question. I think you're reading my script. So, yeah, tell, tell, me, tell us what the, this Blue Ocean strategy is. And funny enough, you mean you may have never actually told me this when, we, when we've met. So I'm really interested. Yeah, okay. Well, with Blue Ocean strategy, so this is a book that's been out for about 10 years, and we just had a new book called Blue Ocean Shift, but we're going to talk about Blue Ocean strategy. So the co-authors of that, uh, Professor Rene Morbone and uh, W. Chen Kim, the simple premise of this business approach is to create an uncontested market space and make the competition irrelevant. So by that, what they mean, using the metaphor of a blue ocean, is you want to actually swim in the blue ocean of opportunity, of uncontested market space, as compared mm-hmm. to fighting over the scraps in the bloodied red ocean of competition, where everybody is all about commoditization, race to the bottom, and price and everybody's fighting over those decreasing margins, as most businesses sadly do. So being able to unlock new opportunities, and the really exciting thing about this, Edwin, is this applies to every single uh, business sector and space here. And it's not just a tech play. It certainly is not a, a sports one, per se, as far as exclusive, which is really exciting for the Blue Ocean Strategy people, me getting involved with them because they didn't even realize there were blue ocean strategy opportunities in the sport innovation and specifically in the golf innovation space. No, that's really exciting. So how do you like how do you really unlock like new markets? Like do you have any examples how you how you've done it personally or I mean or even customers or stories that 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 just really you know hit hit the ball out of the park. Right. So I I can tell you dozens of stories. A lot of them I'll take right out of the books there that they've used as, as case studies. But the one that everybody 
probably understand that's listening to us here today, Edwin, is Cirque du Soleil. And mm. if you want to look at the traditional circus, that Barnum and Bailey circus that existed for decades and decades up until the 80s and even the 90s as it started to decline, what was happening there is this race to the bottom. They were going after families and with kids. So it was all about price point and dropping that down. How much popcorn can you sell? And mm-hmm. the problem was is also the, the, the price was going up as far as the cost of doing uh, that circus. So talent was very expensive. You had the animals, and, uh, and there was the political issues there of, of animal rights groups getting involved there, so they had some issues there. So ultimately what Cirque du Soleil did is they created what Blue Ocean Strategy calls a value innovation not a technological innovation, a value innovation. And by this, if you can actually, I'm going to draw a picture with my words because we're on a podcast here, but if you imagine a triangle that's pointing up with the tip, and mm-hmm. so the direction that's going is the value that it provides a customer. And then you add another triangle with a tip pointing down, and that's actually what the cost of what you're creating being driven down. And when those two triangles intersect, so you can imagine that when you get that nice little diamond in the middle, that's yeah. the sweet spot. That is that value innovation that Blue Ocean Strategy talks about, that that's where the, you unlock that real opportunity of, of finding what they call non-customers in your, in your business space, whatever that could be. It could be healthcare. It could be, um, it could be fintech. It could be blockchain. Whatever that could be, that's where you're actually finding – you're not fighting over the same – uh, the same customers. So you're not competing, you are creating. So Cirque du Soleil, what they ended up doing very quickly here is they took the best elements of the circus. Mm-hmm. So they actually took those. So what they do, kind of these four points, they actually take the best, so they actually increase the value of what works. They decrease what doesn't work as well. They eliminate some of the most expensive things, and then they add some new things. So you can imagine Cirque du Soleil, everybody knows that, and what they've done, they've taken the best elements from music, entertainment, uh, theater, and, uh, and contemporary lifestyle, and they've infused all of that into the best elements of the circus. And now they're not competing. This is a simple thing and a great thing, what they did. They're not going after those families with kids uh, that are looking for the cheapest price. What they're doing then, they've unlocked a new market where now it's sophisticated, middle-aged, affluent people that actually are willing to pay $150 for a ticket to Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas, and they're completely comfortable with that because they see value. That's the value innovation. They actually walk away with a smile on their face because they say, hey, you know what? That was worth it. Right. I mean, that's that's definitely an amazing story. And I, and I wonder, and I'm really curious for the Cirque du Soleil example that you just provided do you think they did that on purpose or did they fall into it or were they doing like you know you and i are in the startup uh, ecosystem buried in it but did they do you think or do you know how many iterations they did to find that special that special blue ocean strategy that's a great question uh so we only have limited time here i think the the short answer is i don't know exactly you could do you could post-rationalize this, and they can look at themselves as being clever and smart and saying that's what we were thinking all along. I exactly. think it was a bit of a hybrid. I think they kind of stumbled into it at the beginning, but then realized that opportunity and then tweaked, as we talk about in the, in the entrepreneurial space. They pivoted a little bit mm-hmm. early on in the, in the early 90s, and then they realized they unlocked 
the their their customer base. They realize they found that right uh, product market fit. The term we like right. to use there. So, so let's. How would you apply it within your startup or with startups that you are actually working with now? Yeah, well, it's been very interesting that I've looked at, and this is really the start with the, really with the podcast of why I created this. Mm-hmm. And I looked at two years ago, and I have to thank you, my friend, because you encouraged me, kind of pushed me off the cliff to actually do the Bondal <laughs> podcast. Uh, and uh, more than a year into it, and over forty episodes in, and we're going strong here. But a lot of these stories started to real, reveal themselves, and myself knowing Blue Ocean Strategies so well, I started to see a lot of the guests, a lot of the entrepreneurs, and a lot of the businesses that were successful yeah. were following this Blue Ocean Strategy template. And I found that very exciting. And no one else in this golf space was really understanding that or, or had actually connected the dots like I had. And even to be honest with the podcast, I kind of approached that as a Blue Ocean Strategy also. Sure. You and I have talked about this in the past that when I started looking at this two summers ago, and look, and I love podcasts, especially startup and business and entrepreneurship podcasts. And I started looking on iTunes with sports podcasts, and there's thousands and thousands of them. Most of them, of course, yeah. And golf podcasts, there's hundreds of them. And then I did a very simple search on iTunes. I did innovation golf, future golf, entrepreneurship golf, disruption golf, zero. Nothing. Wow. So I realized all of a sudden, and this is a massive industry, I'm realizing there's stories out there. I've known, I've got to know some of these awesome influential people over the last five years. Someone should tell these stories. And I thought, if you encouraged me, I should tell these stories. So that's what I've been doing uh, for the last year. And like I said, it's been expanding ever since. And I have at least half a dozen examples of really pure blue ocean strategy business plays that have been incredibly successful, and I'm happy to share at least one, if not two of those with you. Yeah, no, I'd love to hear them, and, and it actually got me thinking, Colin, if you, what you're gathering all these blue ocean strategies within the golf, I mean, I almost expect you, and maybe I have to push you off the, uh, off the, off the cliff again, you need to write a book about this stuff soon. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe I will. I'll have to talk to my friends over at Blue Ocean Strategy, uh, which is interesting because I'm getting I'm starting to forge a bit of a partnership with them. They love what I'm doing. I love what they're doing. Uh, I've had the, the the pleasure of actually doing speaking engagements now, and uh, did one at the biggest uh, golf show uh, com- uh, this year that will be hold every year called the PGA Show, where forty thousand golf industry professionals descend upon Orlando in January for this thing. Amazing. So, yeah, yeah, I had the chance to to, uh, speak at that, and I was really uh, talking about what I call the the golf disruptors panel. So I had four of my previous guests talking about all the innovations and a lively discussion, and Blue Ocean Strategy jumped in and uh, and provided books and and for the guests and, and the audience, and we talked about Blue Ocean Strategy and how that applies. So, so one example I will give you right, right over yeah. the gate, and it will be coming to Canada soon because Cineflex has the licensing rights now. Oh, uh, wow. The first one will be in Toronto in the GTA for you to actually go swing a golf club and have some fun. It's called Top Golf, and Top Golf has been around for, for quite a few years. They really got kind of the, the critical mass and tipping point about three or four years. What Top Golf is, Edward, is imagine a driving range that means mm-hmm. Las Vegas bottle service. It's a night out with your friends. Uh, but they've gamified the golf experience. You can imagine with a driving range, but they've got these targets, these lit-up targets, 
out in the field, about half a dozen targets at different distances, and you're then hitting balls. You've gamified that. The balls are actually uh, have an RFID, so they're actually tracked every single ball, and they yeah. go on the target. So it's kind of like darts, I guess you can say, but it's fun. And and you, every, you get a score for every single ball you hit. And what they've done, rather than the golf industry, and this is the red ocean of the Pings and the Titleists and the TaylorMades and the Callaways out there, is their golf balls and their golf clubs, they're fighting over the existing market. Here's a golf club. You can hit it farther. You can hit it straighter. You can hit yeah, it yeah, higher. Yeah. You can, the ball goes softer. If you don't play golf, you don't give a crap. You don't care if it goes farther. You're not even swinging a club in the first place. That's a great <laughs> exactly. example of a, of a red ocean in the golf industry of fighting over that existing and shrinking market. Uh, whereas what Top Golf did, they flipped it on its head. They realized, okay, what are these pain points? Just like Cirque du Soleil looked at. What are the pain points? Okay, let's, golf takes too long. Golf is too hard to learn. It's too expensive, and it's not social enough. You take those four, but all of a sudden – You've got these driving ranges and these facilities at Top Golf, and they're quite and they're good size. They have a hundred hitting bays at three levels, so 33 across on each one. Each one holds six people. So you're there, you're having a drink, you're actually eating great food, and you're hitting balls out. And even if you never played before, this is the thing: you hit 20 balls in a game, and maybe some dribble into one of the targets, and you get a score. And woohoo! This is great. I, I sounds, it sounds like me. Never played before. Yeah, and you're having fun. And the great thing with Top Golf, the data they had last year is they had 10 million guests, 10 million customers, give or take. And the data they have, a little over 40% of them are considered non-golfers. So have never swung a club before between only playing less than twice a year. So, and that's massive. So that they've, they've managed to unlock that non-customer, that uncontested marketplace that golf has desperately tried to do by saying, we've got to find new ways to get people on golf courses. No, flip it on its head. Don't get them on a golf course. Get them to somewhere where it's more fun and it only takes an hour or two or, you know, and, and there's no intimidation factor. So that is a blue ocean strategy for golf. Right I mean, that's, I'm excited, and I think you did tell me about this, and I remember looking into it, and I'm like, man, that, that is amazing, and that does sound like the Cirque du Soleil within the golf. And I, I mean, quick question, I guess, the bar, you don't even have to wait for the the bar lady who the, the bar person to come and bring you the alcohol, right? No, absolutely not. So, <laughs> and, anyway, so I, I know I, I I sound like I'm uh, I'm getting I'm getting paid by Top Golf to, to to talk about that. But the other one I want to quickly give you also, and it's slightly different, and this is also on the community building side. So it could be a nonprofit that follows the Blue Ocean strategy. Once again, technology is an elegant an element and an ingredient to a blue ocean strategy but people need to re- need to remember that it's not techn- technological innovation it's value innovation of taking that technology and how do you actually add the value like top golf did so that's what i right. want to give you here is uh, an event that just happened last week and i did a podcast episode on it also i'm good friends with the, the founder the woman that started it up and it is called women's golf day so they do mm-hmm. it once a year. It's the third year they've done this now, and it's a global event, what they do. So for four hours at any type of golf facility that can sign up for this, it's programmed very loosely that the first two hours be non-intimidating. Yeah. So women can come in, whether they already play golf or they never had before, can come in and they get a lesson or they have a clinic at whatever level they've had. And then the second two hours is completely social. They have great food. 
you know, you can have a couple glass, couple glasses of wine. The one I attended here in Vancouver and did a podcast based on, we did a fashion show, and mm-hmm. it was just great. So what what uh, my friend Alyssa Gaudet, the founder of Women's Golf Day, has done, what she has unlocked here with the potential with women in the golf industry, and this and women are underserved in the golf industry and underrepresented uh, sure. to play the game recreationally and also being involved in the industry itself. And so this is a massive opportunity. They estimate it's like a $35 billion opportunity globally to unlock to get more women involved in the game of golf. So what she has done with Women's Golf Day is created this platform, an event, only once a year, and uh, and created a movement. And she only has one employee, the social media manager. Everybody else has volunteered. And in the third year, they've done this, the traction they have, Edwin. They had it in uh, over 40 countries, and they had over 900 locations, and they had, you know, the final numbers in, Yes, but they had close to 40,000 women participate in this year. In just the third year, they've done this. So they've managed to unlock uh, a way to connect with women and not compete by just by getting them onto a regular golf course and doing something that everybody else is doing. They, so I wanted to give that as an example on the other end of the spectrum, that really that is a nonprofit community-building initiative that, uh, that follows the Blue Ocean strategy in the golf industry. That's great. No, no. Thank you for sharing that. It's you know just learning about all these things that are like totally far off my radar. But it's really it's you know it's really you know fresh breath air knowing that people are changing the way golf is to make it more fun, making it more accessible to everyone else as well. So thank you for that. Um, before we end, Colin, I'd like to get some final tips from you, recommendations, or or anyone who's listening who. Who might be thinking, how do I do this blue ocean, or where do I start, or what should I do um, in my life? Great question. And, and this is the beauty of, of blue ocean strategy and the new book called Blue Ocean Shift. And the reason they call it shift is this is for existing companies that are looking for ways uh, with their business, not, not to completely change the business model. So they're getting rid of their existing customers or, or what they actually, their, their existing products and services. It's then saying, how do you actually migrate? So that what you're even creating one thing within your organization that's unlocking other customers that you uh, that you are very close to already. Uh, so I would recommend very strongly. And the great thing is, is you don't need to be an entrepreneur to actually follow Blue Ocean Strategy and Blue Ocean Shift. So I would recommend that our listeners here go to blueoceanstrategy.com, probably the mm-hmm. best way to go to find all the resources there. And that's the simplest thing to do for them to actually realize and start to learn of how applying to their business. Like I said, it could be across every single um, business sector that there is out there. There are examples and case studies and inspirational, motivational stories uh, that talk about Blue Ocean Strategy and how you can go from playing, swimming around and fighting in the red ocean and then unlocking the potential within the blue ocean. That's awesome. So, Colin, thank you again. Can you, if you could just share where we could find more information about you, your podcast, or or anything else you'd like to share to the audience today? Well, thanks, Edwin. Uh, I think to keep it nice and simple, uh, we'd love for you to all the listeners to to check out the Mod Golf podcast. And once again, even though these are golf stories, golf is really that thread that kind of weaves them all together. The stories really are about entrepreneurial journey, about these amazing stories and these these compelling, engaging people that I have the pleasure of talking to. Uh, 
so there's a bit of a you know startup ingredient that's sprinkled in there. And like I said, I'm just meeting some amazing people, just like you have on the Business Leadership Podcast. And congratulations on all the great things you're doing there, Edwin. That Thank you. These really are great stories. And, and even though you may not like golf or not know much about it, uh, with the Mod Golf with the Mod Golf Podcast, I get the name of my own podcast right here. You can actually learn and be inspired by these these amazing stories from these people that I have the the, the pleasure and am grateful that, that I have a chance to talk to every single week. So please go to, to actually hear some episodes. The simplest way: triple w dot mod dot golf. Nice and simple. Mod dot golf. Uh, on Twitter, we're at mod golf podcast. So you can find me, Colin Weston, and everything else that we actually do. We didn't even talk about what we're doing in the in the surf park space there, the Blue Ocean Strategy, but that could be next time we get together. We could talk about that maybe in the in the future. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Just, just so, to, so bad. Mod- yeah, just find me at uh, at Mod Golf Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, hey, give us a listen and uh, and let me know what uh, what you think out there, people, because I'm always looking to improve, and would love to hear what people think. Awesome. Well, Colin, again, it's been a pleasure. And definitely we should have you back on the show in the near future. Love to hear more exciting innovations or how we could apply it, but more. But, uh, again, it, it was a pleasure. So, Edwin, my friend, pleasure is mine. Great. So for those who are listening, be sure to check out the latest episode of, of the Business Leadership Podcast. It's a podcast where I sit down with business leaders to dis- discuss their personal journey and and their experience within business leadership my latest guest is Jamie Michaels. He's the head of brand marketing at Twitter Canada. You could catch my podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or, or or wherever you listen to your podcast. But that's a wrap. The week is over. Thank you for joining on the Business Leadership Live. Tune in next Monday as I talk to the next business leader. Again, have a fantastic weekend. Edwin signing off.